Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Leidig. And I thought today that um, since we had a week break, um, I thought it would actually make sense for us to continue on with alignment. Um, partly because I've gotten some very interesting insights and partly because some very curious things have been happening. And uh, uh, and there was actually some comments and questions that came up in the Facebook group uh, regarding that. So I thought it could be uh, fun. And uh, I'll share some of my latest experiences uh, related to that. So one of the things that I've noticed, uh, as I mentioned previously when we were talking about alignment, is that um, at times it seems extremely challenging to align ourselves with where we want to go. And I think some of that comes from the fact that we, we try to decide where we want to go and of course um there is an element of well it's my life so shouldn't i know where i want or need to go um and there is certainly an element of truth to that but one of the things that i've discovered is that very often there is what we know we need to do and then there is what we believe we need to do <laughs> and very often i found is that those two things are not necessarily the same. And so, um, you know, we decide, oh, I want to do something. I want to do this thing. You know, I want to create a course. I want to, you know, do whatever. I mean, it applies to um, our personal lives. It applies to our business lives. And um, rather than just allow the flow of the universe to guide us unhindered, um, we start making stories around our own desires. And again, it's nothing wrong with having desires. Um, I mean, that's part of what makes us human. But it's when we convince ourselves that we're correct. Oh, I finally found the right one, you know, and this is why. And so we look at the, uh, the positive signs and ignore the negative ones and then later on you know after it all goes to hell in a handbasket we go why did i not see that you know well love is blind i mean that came from a re uh you know came about for a reason that saying love is blind um and some of it is just us being distracted not paying attention being in a hurry uh, and what I found is that it also applies in a lot of different ways, um, not just, you know, through business and life. Uh, I was talking with Kristen this morning about some experiences that I had. Um, I don't know if I shared them in any of the previous shows or not. Um, it would be uh, awesome for me to remember every single thing that I always say, but as you know, I talk a lot, so that's just not possible. But um, years ago, uh, I know I shared some of this. Uh, years ago, I used to um, be part of a team that uh, trained um, 
folks to pray for people in big ministry events and conferences and stuff like that. So I was kind of like in charge of the prayer team. This is a long time ago, another lifetime ago, back in the um, late 90s, maybe. Um, but anyway, um, there was a group of people that I would work with, and we used some really unconventional methods to get people to tune in. And by tune in, I mean to really um, have a level of empathy and reception so that they could actually help people rather than just randomly guess or make stuff up. Um, and, and so, in other words, come from a position of love and inspiration rather than you know, just whatever. And so one of the things that we would do is um, we would, and I'm pretty sure I shared this also, but we would line them up back to back and then we would have them rotate and move back and forth so that they would have no idea who was behind them. And then um, uh, with a certain command or whatever, like go, um, I would have them turn around and they had 10 seconds to say the first thing that came to mind whenever they saw the person that was beside them or in front of them. And so I'd keep doing that a very rapid fire. And then it got to the point where, um, uh, we would kind of ramp things up a little bit and we would have people switch around so that they had no idea who was behind them. And then um, I would say go, and without turning around, they would have to say the first thing that came to their mind relating to the person who was to their back, who they could not see. They had no idea who they were. And the reason why I'd, I would take them through this kind of pacing was to, um, to really encourage them to pay attention to what comes into their mind, into their thinking. Because very often, uh, we all have uh, a level of intuition, a level of uh, that gut feeling that we use to guide us. Um, and many times we will ignore it, we'll justify it away, um, push it down, you know, whatever the case may be, because you certainly can turn it off, I know from experience. Um, and it can be challenging to kind of tune that back in again. And there's any number of ways that you can justify it from saying it's divine inspiration from the Holy Spirit. If you take that approach, you could say that you're tuning into their auras, um, that it's all energy and vibration. So you're picking up on their vibe. Um, at the end of the day, it's pretty much all the same thing. It all works the same way. It can be used very deliberately. I mean, hell, they, the government, the um, military use people like this um, in similar manners all the time. So, you know, it's not like it's mystical or magical. Um, it's just part of who we are. And so from that perspective, I remember um, I was at an event uh, heading up one of these teams. And there was this gal who had come up, didn't know who she was, never saw her before, never met her. And um, I very often, like what I would do is with their permission... Like I would ask if I could hold their hand or put my hand on their shoulder or, or something. I just felt it was important to ask permission, but there was something about the physical contact that seemed to enhance opportunities. And 
I'd love to say that every single time I connected with somebody like that, that I got some life-changing thing, it, and that just didn't happen. But this one gal really stood out to me because, um, <laughs> like, you kind of go. It doesn't matter how much, how many times you've done it, you kind of go into it like, okay, here we go. Not sure what's going to happen, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I remember asking her if it was all right if I put my hand on her shoulder and she said yes and there was always two of us together just to make sure that there was nothing um nothing done that was you know anything other than pure if you know what I mean you know especially if it was a man praying for a woman there would usually be another woman there and that kind of stuff I mean that's just kind of common sense and so anyway um so I, I asked this woman if I could put my hand on her shoulder and I did. And, uh, one thing about like prayer in this form or psychic ability, whatever you want to refer to it as there's, um, there's a level of ourselves, you know, that can very easily get in the way. You know, we can try to make something happen, make shit up. Um, but the challenge is to be as pure and open and clear as possible so that divine inspiration actually comes and so i'm standing there with this gal i forget who was with me and um all of a sudden i saw this picture of a boat it was a sailboat and um it seemed really random to me and um i was very tempted to just dismiss it because you know, what, what on earth, you know, you're praying for somebody who's really struggling with some things, you know, their words, who needs help, you know, a decision that they're trying to work through and a freaking sailboat shows up in your head. So, um, so I knew enough, uh, to just go with it. And if it, misses the mark it misses the mark you know it's not a time for pride or competition it just you know you're there to serve that person and so um in this case i said okay um so this is really random um and i don't know you know if this has any meaning to you but i'm going to share what i'm saying uh and i tended and still do um tend to like get pictures rather than words or anything like that. Uh, and then I usually just describe the pictures. <laughs> it's just really easy. It's like, you know, seeing a scene in nature and then just telling somebody about it. Um, and so same case here. And uh, so I started describing this sailboat. I said, you know, I see this sailboat and, uh, this is what it looks like. This is what the sails look like. You know, they're fairly tall sails, but I see two blue stripes. And so I'm describing this sailboat. And all of a sudden, this uh, young girl, she was probably, I'd say, early to mid-20s. Um, she starts crying profusely. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> Yay for the sailboat, I guess. You know, and so um, I just kind of continued in that vein, whatever popped into my mind. And I don't remember what else came for her other than that sailboat. And so after 
Um, things kind of calmed down with her and she gained her composure again. Um, I said, if you don't mind my asking, why was the sailboat so important to you? And she said that her father has a sailboat and uh, she's been estranged from him and has really felt a prompting that she um, needed to make things right. And uh, that, you know, it, it was challenging for her to do so because I guess of what had happened. She didn't say what happened. I didn't need to know. But that um, she was just really praying for direction. She didn't know what to do or whether she should or, you know, whatever. And the sailboat that I described, um, I described her dad's sailboat exactly. And so um, she just took it as a sign that that's what needed to happen um, that she needed to connect with him and make things right and so on and so forth. And so that, um, experience really stuck with me and I had many other experiences like that. And what was interesting to me, like you could ask, you know, so how did it work? Why did it work? Um, how could I get this information that I had no idea about? that was so relevant to her in the time. So let's dissect this um, in a purely um, nondescript manner. You could say that, you know, God gave me those insights and, you know, it was for her in that time. And I can accept that. You could say that, um, any number of things, you know, that it was just a random occurrence, coincidence. Um, but what about me? Like, how did I specifically get that? Was it that I'm all that in a bag of chips? Was it that I was just tuned in? Um, you know, what really happened there? And it's something that I've thought about a lot because I've had a lot of experiences that were very similar to this. Um, and like since then and before then and way after then. And one of the things that I realized was that it uh, goes back to alignment. Um, one of the things that I've discovered over the years is that alignment isn't just about us, you know, getting things done for ourselves or things going our way, um, you know, for our own personal benefit. Alignment is uh, just that. It's coming into a, a position. Alignment is a position where uh, flow can happen. And that flow can take on any number of forms. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. Um, and so in the case of this woman, I aligned with her in a way, not in a creepy, weird way, but just spirit to spirit, however you want to define it, I aligned with her in a way that the things that she was blocking or questioning, I had no filters for that. Like she had filters, like ultimately she knew what she needed to do. Okay. And she wasn't doing it. Why? Because, um, 
she wasn't in alignment. So she got the inspiration. She knew what she needed to do with her dad, but she was questioning it because there was pain around that. There was fear around it, you know, so on and so forth. And I had none of those filters. So really all that I was doing uh, in aligning myself with her, I was picking up on the same message that she was already getting. Okay. Um, in a form that I could um, comprehend in this, like, cause I don't know her father, you know, I don't know who he is, just a guy, you know, but uh, in seeing the picture that represented the guy, like she obviously knew that the boat was her dad's. And so she would pick up on that right away. So all that I did was align with what she was already hearing without the filters that she had in place. And through that alignment, she was able to finally set aside the objections that she had and get back in alignment with her dad, um, which is extremely powerful if you think about it, because a lot of times we struggle with stuff, you know, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, um, you know, whatever the case may be. And we know what we're supposed to do in many cases. We know what the answer is. We know why we're not being successful in our business. We know what we need to do to make our marriage better. We know how to get back on board with a friend that we're estranged from or the kind of relationship that we really want. Problem is, that very often our filters um, keep us in a place of denial. Um, our impatience uh, keeps us in a place of taking the next best thing, compromise. Um, and there's all kinds of things like that that get in a way. And, and then we wonder why, you know. I mean, I tell you, this is not speculation for me. I am the freaking poster child of this stuff because it happens all the time, not nearly as much as it used to, but still, I mean, um, I can miss it just like the rest of you. So I'm not elevating myself on any kind of platform. I mean, if you're on tonight's webinar, you'll find out how I totally missed something, totally blew it. Um, uh, just like now <laughs> I'm in the midst of it. And, uh, and it was very, uh, humbling for me. And, um, but, you know, I would rather be in alignment than um, let my ego take over. So um, another thing that I've discovered that is that, and uh, if you've read any of the conversation in the Facebook group, you would have seen this, but um, there was a, a post in there from Christina and she was asking about um, a comment that I made uh, two weeks ago whenever we were talking about alignment about how, you know, we came in alignment early and things started falling into place before we were ready. And then we had to disengage from that. And she's like, how is that possible? Like, how can you do that? And um, what's interesting is the thought that came to me whenever I read that was extremely profound. Um, not because I thought of it, because it, it definitely did not originate with me. Um, but what I realized 
Uh, and I was explaining it to Kristen this morning before we got up. We were just kind of chit-chatting like we often do uh, very early in the morning. And uh, I said, you know how like we have this grand plan, which I've alluded to before, and um, it includes a number of stores and a science center and all kinds of stuff. And so um, from my perspective, that grand plan is complete. It exists in its complete form, okay? Um, there's a theme park and all that. All of it already exists. I don't have all the clarity or all the details of how to make that happen. Um, not because the vision is incomplete. It's because, A, I'm, I may not be in a place to hear it. Um, you know, if I knew it all in one shot, I'd probably screw it all up. Uh, and I'm, I don't need to plan for a theme park or something now when I just have two retail stores and, you know, ideas for a couple others. So there's a certainly a timing element to all of it. But the biggest part of it is, is that as more details come for this grand vision, um, it's not that I'm inventing something new that uh, adds to the vision. The vision is already complete, just like um, your purpose here on the planet is complete. You may not be walking in it at all. You may be walking in part of it, but it's already complete. It already exists whole. So why isn't it manifested? Why are you still guessing? Why do you still struggle? Easy, because you're out of alignment. So you're not in perfect alignment with what's going on. And sometimes it's just a challenge, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be in alignment with. And uh, what I found is that this isn't something that you have to sit down and hardcore figure out. It reveals itself um, in a very easy way. Um, and sometimes in a very synchronistic surprise kind of way, which is a lot of fun. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it exists complete. And as you move forward in embracing that, you see more of the details, you get more of the answers, you have more aha moments of what the next step is and all of that. So does that mean that you're making it up as you go along? Not at all. Uh, even though it seems that way, you're just discovering more of the grand vision, the big piece. And so if you think about, about it from that perspective, whether you're talking about your personal life or your business life, from a perspective of completeness, all that you're doing is interpreting the messages that are coming uh, to you on a regular basis, kind of like a GPS. Um, turn left in a quarter of a mile. Turn right, you know, in 2.1 miles. Uh, and so we just almost blindly follow the GPS, right? We have no idea where, where the hell we're heading, but the GPS knows, haha. Um, and so we just follow along blindly, but that's actually a great representation. Here's this satellite that we can't see or a group of satellites that we can't see sending messages to this little device that's guiding us to a destination that we may have never been to before. So, um, how does it work? Easy. 
the device, our GPS and our phone or the regular, you know, our TomTom or whatever it is, is in alignment with the satellite. Drive into a parking garage on the ground floor once and see how far you get because that will knock you out of alignment really quick. Uh, and then you're going to get nowhere, right? But as soon as you're aligned with the satellite again, now all of a sudden you could pretty much go anywhere. Um, but it's a destination of your choosing, obviously. I need to go home from Dulles Airport, right? And it's not that the satellite says, oh, okay, now where does Tony live again? Flipping through the, oh yeah, phone book. All right, good. 3045, got it. You know, um, does the GPS satellite care if I'm going to my home versus Target versus someplace in South Florida versus Calif somewhere in California? It don't care. It's technology. It's just doing what it does. Okay. I'm the one that comes in alignment with the destination. The GPS don't care. Okay. All that I have to do is follow what it says. And so life is pretty much the same way. You know, like if I make a left turn, the GPS, and I was supposed to go right, the GPS will recalculate, right? It will tell me, okay, so you did this, fine, you know. Um, but I often used to use a, a similar illustration, you know, because people say, oh, well, I'm waiting for God's direction. It's like, God really don't care where you're heading. I mean, yes, God is love. I get that, you know, however you want to look at that. But if you screw it up, God's not going to fall off his throne and say, darn it, man, I really thought they figured it out this time. Crap. Hey, angel, come here. So I sent you down there to guide them. Did you tell them that? Yeah, I told them. What about? Yeah, I said that too. Did you show them this? Yeah, I showed them the sign. Did you whisper the th Yeah, I told them. But yet they didn't do it. I know. Humans, right? <laughs> I mean, that's... It's kind of silly whenever you think about it that way. So our job is to step into the flow of the, uh, the vision, which is just an alignment thing. It's positioning. We're positioning ourselves where we're supposed to be. Now, one of the illustrations that is very clear to me, um, that came to me very clearly, is think about a stream. Okay, maybe you have a stream near near your house or a favorite one that you used to go to as a kid or whatever. Doesn't have to be a river, like a big river, but just a stream. Something non-threatening, you know, that you could walk across in um, a pair of boots or barefoot or whatever. So let me ask you a question. So you have this stream and I want you to get the stream in your mind right now. Okay, I want you to picture this stream, this flowing stream in your mind right now. Okay. Now, I want you to see yourself standing alongside the stream, not in it. You're standing alongside the stream. With you standing alongside the stream and not in it, is the flow of the stream being hindered? No. Is it going to continue flowing, all things being equal? Yes. So now you decide, you know what, it is really hot out here. I'm going to step in the stream. And so you step into the stream. You've stepped into the flow. You've aligned yourself with the stream. 
And because you've aligned yourself with the stream, guess what happens? You get wet. Your feet's going to get wet at the very least, depending on how deep the stream is. A lot more of you may get wet. Um, why? Because you're in alignment with the stream. Okay? Now, when you step out of the stream, you've had your fun, you know, you waited around a little bit, picked up a couple cool looking rocks, which is what I normally do. Um, <laughs> and then you get out of the stream again, you're wet. So you're still influenced by the flow of the stream because you're wet. Stream is wet. But are you in the flow? No. You have evidence of the flow, but you're not in the flow. Now, because you're outside of the stream, again, even though you're soaking wet, you're outside of the stream, does the flow stop flowing? No. The stream keeps flowing. It just keeps going and going and going, provided that, you know, it rains and then water evaporates and goes into the clouds and rains in the mountain and everything comes together and creates into the stream and flows down. You know, it's a cycle. If you walk away from that stream for six months and then you go back to that stream and it's still there, still flowing, and you step back into it and realign yourself with that stream again, will you get wet again? Of course, right? Silly. It's water. You're going to get wet unless you're wearing like waders or something like that. But then the waders will get wet. So and in any case, now, because you walked out of the mountains, did the stream stop flowing because you weren't there to see it flowing? This is getting a little physics heavy. Okay. So did the stream stop flowing while you weren't there? For all intents and purposes, I think it's safe to say that it did not. And because if you think about it, you weren't there to see it flowing. So how did you know? How would you know? You know, I mean, for all you know, you could drive up to where the stream is and five seconds before you get out of your car to walk over to the stream, the stream starts flowing again and you wouldn't know, right? You wouldn't be able to tell, except it's kind of ridiculous. And then, but you decide to go back, still flowing. You leave again for two years. Did the stream stop flowing? No, the flow is still going provided we don't have a drought or something. And if you go back two years later, step into the stream, you're still going to get wet because you're still in that flow. Okay. Now, the illustration is an obvious one. If you get in the water, you're going to get wet, right? You're aligning yourself with the stream. You're going to get wet. Here's the fun part. I think you'll agree that everything is energy, right? And because it's energy, it has constant flow. Everything in the universe has this constant flow to it. The flow <clears throat> isn't dependent on whether you believe it's there or not, whether you participate or not. It just is. It happens. Okay. So you can choose to align yourself with that flow that's specific for you. Or you can choose not to. 
the flow don't care. The flow just is. It's going to happen. Just like the flow in your life. Whether we're talking about finances, relationships, businesses, family, fill in the blank. The flow is always there. It's whether you line up with it or not. If you don't, like think about this. If you're standing along this stream and you know you put your toe in the water and it's super cold like a lot of mountain streams are, if you decide not to step into that flow, is the stream going to get offended? Obviously not. The stream don't care. You know, if you happen to have brought a kayak along and you get in the stream with the kayak and what's going to happen? You're going to go downstream with the flow. But is the stream going to struggle to make that happen? No, stream don't really care. Is the stream going to be extra happy that I'm finally getting used for something? Yay, there's Tony is here with his kayak and I'm going to take him on these awesome journeys. The stream don't care. The flow don't care. We're the ones who care. Oh man, I had such a great day kayaking. I found this little stream. It was a lot of fun. You know, laughter. Had a couple little challenges because I got a little too close to the bank and caught a tree and it knocked me out of the kayak and then I got wet and, you know, been there, done that, by the way. The stream don't care. Neither does the flow in your life. It just does what it does. It flows. Money flows. Relationships flow. Creativity flows. Ideas flow. Whether you align with them or not, they flow. That's why a lot of times multiple people will get the same idea at the same time. And the one who benefits is the one who takes action the fastest. So if you're feeling kind of stopped up in your life and, and things aren't flowing, guess who's, a, who's to blame? It's not the flow. Because we are immersed in it. There's no lack of anything. We are immersed in an abundant universe that's teeming with life on all levels, teeming with flow on all levels. And it's up to you and I to align with it. And so when things start shutting down and not going our way and we're not getting the flow we want, it's easy to blame anything, you know. Well, I'm just having an off day. Or, you know, or not. Or, you know, if so-and-so hadn't done this to me, it, you know, things would be different. Um, rather than make excuses or place blame, what would happen if and that includes blaming ourselves, by the way. What would happen if we just say, something's not in alignment. Let's figure out what it is. There can be some value in that, right? So we know not to do that again. And then, but the problem is, excuse me, the problem is that then we'll take like all of this time and uh, it's like, okay, I got to figure this thing out because something is wrong. And then we waste all this time trying to figure out why there's no flow and then feel justified that we've done something, even though we're still not in the flow, but we justify it. Like, well, you know, I'm working toward getting in alignment rather than just saying I'm out of alignment. 
and whatever it is, it needs to change now. So we have these subtle ways of making up excuses when in reality, what I found is most of the time, it's just because we're not paying attention. We're not listening. The answers around us, the flow is around us. You know, I mean, it may sound a little bit trite to say that there is no lack of money. And if we're struggling, then there's something wrong with us, not with the money. Money don't care. You know, the flow of money doesn't care. There are some people who stockpile it for sure. It's like, oh, well, you know, they have a Midas touch. They must have been really lucky, you know, whatever the case may be. And yeah, sometimes people get money and it doesn't, it seems random, you know, like they win a lottery and then two years later, the hundred million dollars is gone because they didn't know how to manage their money. Was that the money's fault? No, money don't care about them. The money's neutral. You know, it's just neutral. So there's always an underlying reason why, like a cause and effect, really, you could say, except that the cause and effect has nothing to do with the flow itself. It has everything to do with us and our interaction with the flow. So does that mean, Tony, that from what you're saying here, it sounds like anybody could be an expert musician or anybody could be a famous artist or sing, uh, write and sing a number one best-selling hit or have the perfect marriage or whatever the case may be. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. I believe that if part of who you are as a person, why you're here on this planet, is to be an artist and you have that ability and you ignore it, you know, not only have you ripped yourself off by being out of alignment with that vision and stolen from yourself, you've stolen from other people because you were given those gifts to inspire others. I, I mean, my art, uh, my office, if you look around, is filled with <clears throat> art, toys, books, um, sculptures, all kinds of stuff. And all of it was created by someone at some point in time. And in m many cases, a bunch of someones. But the spark of the idea had to come from somewhere. Imagine if any one of these folks decided, you know what? I don't think I want to do art. I think I'm going to go be a collection person for the IRS, <laughs> which I don't know who in the right mind would actually say that, but I think there's probably people out there that rock that. But, you know, what if, as you're setting wherever you're setting, listening to me, you looked around the room and this weird magical thing happened where instead of being in alignment the person who created the art you're looking at, unless it's your own art, but even still it applies, had made the decision to not be in alignment and not do the art or write the book or create the computer or whatever the case may be. And somehow you managed to go back in time in a way where they changed their mind, where they did not do what they've done. And stuff started just disappearing. 
You know, I mean, there's several of you on here today who are artists. What if you decided, you know what? I think I'd rather sell cars than be an artist. So you don't create art. Who loses? You do. Whoever has uh, invested in your art or read your book or taken your course or showed you love and affection. That's who loses. So it isn't just about us. I see it more and more every day that one of the re primary reasons why we are here and why we exist is to be in alignment with what we're supposed to be doing. And many of you are in some form or another. I certainly am and I can, uh, but not 100%, you know, and I can certainly see back over the last 10, 15, 20 years, the places that I've missed it and where I've figured it out. And just to be really frank with you, or Tony in my case, haha. -ha. <laughs> um, last week I was in um, Reno and Monday and Tuesday was um, uh, Tanner Larson's Bill Gross Scale event. Um, him and Matt Stafford had this event and it's, it was really an amazing event for it's for e-com, uh, you know, selling e-com products. And then after that, um, there, uh, Wednesday and Thursday was the black label mastermind, which I belong to for like three years now. And, um, it's also primarily e-com related, but I was looking around the room, especially at black label, there was maybe 20 of us or so. Um, <clears throat> and I was the oldest one in the room. And I, you know, I looked at like Tanner and, and Matt and, you know, they're in their late thirties. Actually, it seems like a lot of the room is in their late thirties uh, or early forties. Um, there's one, um, one other person there who has just turned 50, although you'd never know it by looking at her. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking at these folks and they all have kids and all this kind of stuff. And their kids are like my grandchildren's age. And for a split second, I thought to myself, you know, I really wish that I had figured out what I understand now at their age. And for just a brief period of time, basically for as long as I allowed it, I felt some regret, you know, that I hadn't figured it out earlier. It, in quotes, because it is different and it is perception, not reality. But they figured it out, you know, and I see some of these guys, you know, they're 30, 32 years old, you know, doing millions of dollars a month in sales and everything. And it's like, Jesus, you know, here I am in my mid fifties and you know, I'm currently nowhere near that. Like they obviously figured out something that I haven't figured out yet. They're in alignment with something that I'm not in alignment with yet, obviously. 
Um, and in those kind of scenarios, it's real easy to get down on yourself, honestly. Um, even with what I understand, what I know, what I do, it's real easy to play the compare game. But one of the things, and, and all of what I just described transpired in about five seconds. Because I will not give the time of day to that kind of stuff. It will shut you down quick. You want to talk about getting out of flow quickly, start comparing yourself to others. Because as soon as you compare yourself to someone else, you're starting to align to their vision and not yours. And guess what that does to yours? It takes you out of alignment. So for the five seconds I was thinking about that, I'm like, damn it, you know. I wish I'd done it different, but I can't go back. But yet, in some respects, I can. Because what I realized, and I've actually figured this out a while ago, but again, it's becoming more plain every day, is that if I didn't live the life that I lived, I wouldn't be able to be in the alignment that I'm in now. You know, the version of Tony who has two retail toy stores, who has a successful online teaching business, who's able to help hundreds of people start their own businesses, who's written books and all those kinds of things. Like, if you've taken my courses, you've gotten to know me because I was a photographer for years. Um, a professional photographer. I mean, I still take photos, but professional photographer for years. I've created trainings on photography. I've written children's books. I've created trainings on children's books. I worked as a book designer and I've created trainings on how to design books. So all that I did was leveraged who I am as a person in alignment with why I'm here on this planet to help other people who have similar alignments. That's all that I've done. And the beautiful thing is, is that that's not a special talent or a gift. That's teachable. You know, the strategies and the methods that Tanner or um, the Rush brothers, uh, Corey and Keegan <clears throat> and others, the strategies that they use to generate the business that they generate um, isn't special from the perspective of that none of the rest of us could ever learn it, we can all learn it. We can learn every strategy, you know. I'm getting ready to start teaching one, creating um, information products. So we can all learn those strategies. It's not, I mean, it may be a little more challenging depending on your tech savvy or whatever, but it's not magic. But what separates them from you or me from you or me from them or however you want to put it is something intangible, something that can't be taught necessarily. And that is that they've lined up with why they're here and it shows. Now, it's not to say that if I want to make a million and a half dollars or a million and a half uh, per month, that I need to do things exactly the way they do them and poof, like magic, it'll happen. It will not happen that way. 
Which is why whenever you hear any marketer, I don't care what the niche, sell you based upon the amount of money that they've made, you can expect to not make that money because you're not them. And if you tried to be them, you would be out of alignment with who you are. It's not to say that you can't make money doing what they're doing. Absolutely you can. And maybe even in some cases surpass them. So it's not about learning the strategy. It's not about, um, you know, knowing the secret ninja trick. You know, it's not about, you know, just uh, going down through a laundry list of things that you wish your significant other had or didn't have. It's not about that. It comes down to what you believe about yourself and how you choose to align with that belief. If you believe you're stupid, you will come into alignment with stupid and you will be stupid. Okay, maybe not in all areas, but you know. And like I've shared before, um, you know, a totally paraphrased version of a famous saying by Henry Ford. My grandfather used to say this all the time, that there are those who believe they can and those who believe they can't, and both are right, both are correct. And that's it. That's, that is alignment right there. If you believe you can, and you have an unwavering attitude about it, and you approach it all from, from a position of hard work, tenacity, and this is gonna happen, I don't care what it takes, it will happen. If you take it from the perspective of the, the water seems really cold. I just put my toe in here and it got really chilly and I don't really feel like being wet. So I don't think I'm going to jump in the river today. Fine. The river don't give a crap. Don't care. It's all you. Guess what? You get to stay dry. You get to stay safe. But you are not going down that river. Unless you get into the flow of it then who knows where it'll take you. That's when the magic really happens. That's what I've discovered anyway, is that when you start saying yes, let's see where this takes us. That's when the magic happens. I mean, as I've shared before, my personal grand vision includes, well, Kristen and myself, um, includes a huge science center with um, IMAX theater and restaurants and all kinds of stuff. Big ass dinosaurs, of course. Um, it includes a theme park that has seven different sections to it. Um, probably going to cost me a half a billion dollars to build it all. And while I would love to say that today I have that all sitting in the bank, I do not. <laughs> and uh, I have no clue how to build something like that. You know, that's why God created civil engineers and architects and all of those kinds of people. Uh, and the good news is I don't need to learn all of that. I mean, I'm, I've been studying up on a lot of things just so that I can talk intelligently when the time comes. But... Um, I don't need to become a civil engineer to figure out how to run all of the sewer drains and the wiring and all that kind of stuff. 
I don't need to know any of that. Um, my job is to cast the vision and to tenaciously move in that direction, to stay in that flow. That's my job. But what if the park never happens, Tony? What if you get sick and die before the park happens? I don't really care. I am completely unattached to that outcome. My job, should I choose to accept it, is to keep moving in that direction, in that flow, because that's why I'm here. You know, that's part of the reason why I'm here. And uh, if ultimately, you know, it gets to where the theme park don't happen, the museum doesn't happen, whatever, you know, even if I never opened another store, does that mean that I screwed up? Does that mean that I missed the mark? Does it mean that I was outside of alignment? First of all, I choose to be in alignment. So the alignment part is not an issue. If I run out of time on this planet, I can die knowing or look from the other side knowing that I did everything that I could as quickly as I could. And, but I'm not going to lay in my deathbed going, I didn't get the park open, you know. One of the most inspiring things that I ever read was um, Walt Disney. The day before he died, they were actively um, working on Disney World in Florida. But it wasn't done. And uh, he ran out of time. His health just quit on him. And so his brother was there with him, Ray. And he was there. And Walt knew, like, I'm running out of time. But even up until his death, he was in such perfect alignment with why he was here. That he literally mapped out on the ceiling all of Disney World and what it was supposed to look like, knowing that he would never see it. And he died the next day. And it's that vision, together with his brother and a whole lot of other smart people, that became an incredible empire that we know today as, you know, Disney. Now, Disneyland was already open and he was already making movies and all of that. But, I mean, think about that. Like, to me, that's what I aspire to be is that right up until my last breath, I am so on point, on point and in alignment with what I'm here to do that it doesn't, like, I'm not so ego driven that it's like, if, if I don't do it, it don't get done. You know, I have people around me, my wife, of course, um, who are like-minded, who have taken hold of the vision. I have employees who are the dream, just like I am. I have kiddos. I have grandchildren, you know. Um, but as I'm leaving this planet and going to Lord knows where, um, I'm not going to be thinking well, that was a fun ride. Too bad it ain't going to get finished. Ultimately, I'm completely unattached from that outcome. It, that, you know, That's not where my focus is. My focus is to do what I'm called to do now.
And so I would like to encourage you to think of this from the perspective of your own life. You know, many of us, if not all of us here, whether you're live or listening to the replay, we're not lacking in ideas. If anything, we all are suffering from shiny object syndrome. I mean, Lord knows, holy cow, if you had any idea, some of the discussions and random things that Chris and I come up with, but we have to weigh them against something, you know, and that something really is the alignment factor where, you know, we get a new business idea and it's like, uh, cause we get them all the time. Trust me. How does this align with the vision? And if it doesn't align or we have to kind of cajole our way into alignment, it doesn't happen. It doesn't get done. Doesn't matter how much we love it. It doesn't happen. It has to align with that vision. And so one of the cool things about alignment is that it really helps you make decisions. Um, yes or no. You know, is it aligned? No. Okay. Then we aren't doing it. It's that simple. Employees. Are they in alignment with where we're going and what we're doing? No. Okay, well, we'll let them go and find somebody else who, who is. You know, it's not like there's five employees and we have four of them already and so we're in trouble. <clears throat> you know, and I don't say that. I We take our employees very seriously. I mean, this week we're doing um, our, we do employee reviews every six months. And this week is the week. Um, and so we sit down with each of them and talk with them and, you know, give them performance reviews and all of that. But, um, we pay attention. It is like, it isn't like, oh, wow, we got to do a performance review of Johnny. So let's see, how's he been doing? Uh, well, I guess he's doing okay. So we'll keep him around. I mean, it's not like that. We take into it, we pay attention the whole six months or whatever. You can't fake this kind of stuff. You know, one of our employees, um, actually most of our employees, quite frankly, at one point or another, we were like ready to fire almost every one of them at some point or another, Kristen and I had that discussion and there's been a couple of them over the time since we first started where we had that discussion many times and, um, and we decided, you know what, let's give them the chance to to get into alignment with themselves, with us. I know they have it in them. Let's just see if they figure it out. And I'm happy to say that so far, um, they figured it out and they've become invaluable because they got into alignment with themselves and with what we're doing. And if they hadn't, they wouldn't be working for us anymore. It's really that simple. And so I want to encourage you to really think about what you're doing in your life. Uh, every area of your life, not just business. Business is just one part of it. Um, you know, if there's something that you dread but you do it anyways because you know you have to or you should or it's the right thing to do or whatever. I believe in um, living up to your commitments and those kinds of things to a degree, not to where you're, 
you know, just randomly, I don't feel like doing this anymore. And, and then you're out. I don't mean that, but in some cases it's going to mean that you need to make better choices. You need to make harder choices, perhaps. Um, what I found is that usually whenever we have pain associated with a choice, um, it means that it needs to be addressed first of all. And second of all, the, uh, a lot of the pain is imagined. It's not real. Um, and so because of that, you know, we make, um, we make it bigger than it is, but I want you to take a look at what's going on in your life, you know, in your business, in your personal life, in your family. Um, you know, how are you sleeping at night? You know, whatever the case may be and ask a simple question. And that is, Am I in alignment here? And then really listen. Because you may get an immediate, nope. Nope, I'm not. <laughs> no. Uh, and you may not necessarily know um, immediately how to get back into alignment. And it's mostly because it's not that it isn't clear or apparent. It's because we build up filters that... Um, prohibit us at times from being able to see things for the way they really are. Uh, and so sometimes just talking it out with somebody else can really help. Um, it certainly helps for me. Um, and I spend a lot of time talking to the voices in my head. Um, <laughs> and that helps. Uh, oddly enough. Um, sometimes it's just about making shit up in your head. I mean, I've shared stories in the past where I've masterminded with people, um, both some living, some dead, but I just made up this scenario in my mind and I imagined them sitting around the table and I was sitting at that table and I would ask them a question and then just see how they responded. And it sounds weird and like committable, you know, that I should be committed but what I found is that every time I've done that, which you think I'd do it every day, but I don't. Um, but every time I've done it, I've gotten answers. And sometimes the answers were surprising. And so at first, I didn't really understand why it worked until more recent. Um, and what I discovered was that the reason why it works is because in taking an approach like that, I have perhaps unknowingly given myself permission to align with something that I'm not currently aligned with. And that really is one of the keys. You're just giving, giving yourself permission. It's like, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know where I need to be in all of this, but I want to be in alignment. So whatever it takes, you know, open up my eyes to see it, open up my ears to see it, hear it, send somebody to say the word, you know, a word that'll get my attention. Just I'm here. I'm unattached to outcomes or what the answer might be. I just want to be in alignment. Like that's what I want. And I'll have conversations like that a lot. And you know what? It pays off. And sometimes I make decisions that 
it, it's kind of, it, it's, it's challenging for, I'll just be really honest here. It's challenging for, for me at times to be so open when it comes to business related things, because many of you are my customers. And so, I don't know, it presents a bit of a challenge for me. But sometimes decisions are made based on circumstance or based on not sure what to do, but I need to make a decision, so I'm just going to make one. You know, not sure what's next. Or you make a guess, an educated guess, and you guess wrong. Uh, it happens. It happens to all of us. And then it's like, so what do I do? Do I save face and try to, you know, come off sounding like I'm all that in a bag of chips and I have everything figured out? Hell no. <laughs> like For me, that don't work. You know, and, and I will say, just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit more, um, most of the time, not all, but most of the time, when you see people, especially like in Facebook ads, but other, you know, marketing sites and all that kind of stuff, course, web pages, whatever, whenever they're showing you screenshots of all the income that they've made and how it all worked and all of that, it's all bullshit. I'm telling you, for a matter of fact, it's bullshit. And most of the ones that are making those income claims are doing it to get customers and they chalk it up to marketing. That's how they justify it in their head. In reality, they're poor. Okay. And I'm not going to name names, but I could name dozens that I know for a fact are doing that. So just keep that in mind. You notice that whenever I sell stuff, I don't make income claims. Did you ever notice that? Out of all the 70 whatever courses that I've taught, I've never made income claims. And I could. I mean, I've, I have a successful business. Um, and I mean, you know, with the new thing that I'm getting ready to do here, I'm probably going to share some income, but it's not typical, obviously, and I can't make any promises. But most of the time when people make income claims, they're full of shit. It's just not real. It's photoshopped or it's from something unrelated or they got it from somebody else's course or whatever. It is just not real. And that's about as out of alignment as you can get. Okay, so you don't want to be that guy or gal. Um, because the one thing that I will tell you, and I'm going to wrap up with this, and then go down through some of the comments and questions. The more in alignment you come become with the real you which is really what it is like my business the stores my relationships are an expression of me you know i mean i actually asked my mom at breakfast this morning we were talking about the stores and stuff and i said so what else was i interested in as a kid you know maybe we'll make a store around that too um but, you know, you look at our stores, you know, the different kinds of toys that we sell and products and all of that. You know, I am a nerd. I am a photographer. I, you know, I've done photography. I love Star Wars, you know, and just different things like that. So 
the stores, um, my relationship with Kristen, the relationship that I have with my kids and my grandchildren, it's all an expression of me because I'm in alignment with who I am pretty much mostly. <laughs> There's still some areas that I'm working on. So you, you're getting to see me, you know, and if you don't like me, I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't, I can't change your mind. I'm not going to try. Um, it's important for you and who you are to resonate with people that you're going to learn from. And notice that phrase, resonate. What does resonate even mean? Whenever you're resonating with someone, you know, it's like, you know, there's something about Tony. I can't explain it really, but I just resonate with him. It means that at some level, you and I are in alignment. That's how, that's why you can learn from me. Other people you know, are like, Tony's an idiot. You know, I'd rather go listen to somebody else. Awesome. Go listen to them. Like if you can connect with them and learn from them, resonate with them, by all means, go for it. You know, I would encourage it. If you can't learn from me, don't be my customer. Like you're not going to hurt my feelings. I don't read all my customer support emails anyway. You know, it's one of the most depressing things in the world at times. That's why I have Tisha. You know, she just forwards me the stuff that I need to take action on and she handles all the rest. Um, but we have alignment language everywhere in our lives. You know, it's like, man, I just really resonate with that. That sounds good. You know, or, you know, that's a really cool vibe. This music has a really cool vibe to it. Or this, you know, this whatever, fill in the blank, has a really cool vibe. That's alignment language. We're energy. We're vibration. You know, it's kind of like the whole thing of if you put two clocks on a wall, the same wall, and you have them out of sync, eventually one will sync with the other. It's alignment. It's a very natural part of nature. So, so your challenge um, is to simply be in alignment. Now, I, I'm going to actually share one more thing just because it popped into my mind. Um, and that's, you know, how I go. And I'll, I'll kind of pose it in the form of a question. Going back to my clock analogy, which is a real thing. It's not just an analogy. So... You have two clocks, and usually the weaker aligns to the stronger. It may take a day, it may take a week, could take a month, depends. But eventually, the two clocks will synchronize. They will become in alignment, okay? And, of course, the lesser clock will have an influence on the bigger clock, but ultimately, in most cases the clock that's generating the greater vibration is the one that will set the tone and the smaller clock will align to that. So in the smaller clock coming in alignment with the bigger clock, is that clock over there going, holy crap, he's like, man, his second hand is ticking like point zero zero two five faster than what I'm going huh I never really thought about it that way before maybe 
You know, he's when he's ticking when I'm talking, that ain't right. Um, man, I got to figure out how to do this. Like, let me see if I can figure this out. He's like, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick. Okay, I, I can't figure it out. So he's working and working and and finally, after months of hard labor and work, the clock finally figures out how to align his TikTok with the other clock's TikTok. Well, it's ridiculous. That clock isn't working at all. It's just doing its thing, being a clock. And through vibration, it naturally comes into alignment. That's why at the beginning I said, you know, alignment, it does require work from us at times. It does require choices probably more than work. Choices. Clock's an inanimate object. It's not going to make a choice. But yet it still comes into alignment. It isn't even making a conscious choice and it comes into alignment. You know, the stream isn't going, holy crap, I better keep flowing today because I'm a stream. That's what I'm supposed to do. But I don't really feel like it, you know. Nobody's kayaking on me today, and, you know, the birds have plenty of water, so I think I'm just going to cool it. No, it's ridiculous. And so we make it hard. We are the ones that make coming into alignment and stepping into flow hard, when in reality, all we're doing is just aligning with the tr our true selves. You know, that vibe is already there. The broadcast is already going out, you know. Um... You may love country music and country music station is 44 point or 94.7. But if you're on 101.2, you are not listening to country music unless that station is also country music. So you're out of alignment. You know, our local radio station is Mix 95, 95.1. I don't listen to the radio, but I know that if I turn on my radio in my Mercedes and turn the dial to 95.1, Rick and Lisa are going to be there every morning. And if I'm not aligned to 95.1, sorry, Rick, sorry, Lisa, I'm not going to be there. Does that mean that they're like, shit, Tony's not on. Now we can't do our radio show. They don't care. They're just doing their thing because they're in alignment with what they are doing. I'm not. See how it is? I don't think I need to give any more analogies, but don't make it hard is my point. Don't overthink it. All right. Well, that was fun. You never quite know where these things are going to go. Now, I'm going to read this comment, and I'm not going to name who it is because there's no need for me to do it, but... I want to give a little bit of commentary on this and you can like it or leave it. It doesn't really matter. Um, this person says, uh, and this is in regard to me talking about praying for the gal, praying over the gal. If you're a born again believer and study the word of God, yes, the Lord does give you word of knowledge from time to time, but not always. Only if the Lord has gifted you this ministry. Okay. That's this person's observation. And trust me, being a former pastor, I get it. I hear, heard a lot, probably even said that at some point or another. But where I am now, I respectfully disagree. 
And the reason why I disagree is because that is somebody making an excuse. So that if you don't get the word of knowledge, quote unquote, you have an out. You can blame it on God. Well, I guess God didn't have anything for them. And that's BS. Sorry. We are immersed in wisdom. We are immersed in love. If we're not getting, if we're not tuned in and getting something for ourselves or for somebody else, it's not God's fault. It's not that God stopped broadcasting all of a sudden or the power went out like it did right before we went live. No, it's not that at all. You're not listening. You're not paying attention. Something. But trust me, it is not God's fault. It's not the universe's fault. Um, I mean, you could make the argument that God is love and love never fails. So if love never fails, then what's up? Why would it only happen time to time and only if? Never doesn't include only if. See what I'm saying? So I don't align with that at all. One of the things that I found, and this isn't about Christianity or any other specific religion, is that more times than not, people choose to believe certain things because it gets them off the hook. Okay. I'm praying for guidance or if it's God's will or whatever. That's baloney. You know whether or not you're supposed to do something. You're just afraid to do it. I've said that from the pulpit when I was a pastor. I'm saying it now when I'm not. I still believe the same thing. You're making excuses. So, you know, love me or hate me for saying that, but that's just how I view it. Uh, Mark asked a really good question. Um, do you think the alignment was just enhanced by physical contact or the reason uh, for it? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think um, that there's something to it, but probably more from a um, physics perspective. I mean, if we are energy, which we are, and, you know, there's talk about us having an aura and all of that, which I believe um, you could call it your spirit or whatever. I think our spirit is probably bigger than our body. So there's an element of it that's around us and it can be seen or measured in some cases. Um, so I think my personal, excuse me, personal opinion is that whenever we make contact with somebody, we are making a choice to step into their energy and in doing so, which by the way, that can be dangerous at times. Um, but in doing so, it gives us an opportunity to align with them in a way that like getting two magnets close together, there's a natural attraction or getting two wires. Like you can jump a spark between two wires so that it forms a, a bridge without the wires actually being touching, but you put them together and twist them together. Energy is going to flow, right? <coughs> And I think the same thing can happen. So, but not that it's a necessarily a mystical thing. I mean, you could probably make it a mystical thing, but I think it's just honestly more an energy thing. You know, it's just a practical energy thing.
Uh, Jess says, so all my life I've taken our courses, bought a lot of courses and taken action all my life, yet I've never been successful at really anything. Has my whole life been out of flow? Let me take a quick drink here. <clears throat> I don't know you personally, Jess, okay? So I'm not in a place where I can fully comment, but I will say this. Your whole life has not been out of flow. Okay. I can tell you that for certain. Um, chances are likely that you've taken our courses and invested in things like that because it's something you love. It's something you're passionate about. And uh, very often, most of the time, the, the flow parts of our life, the things that actually have a good, strong alignment to, we naturally gravitate to those things, you know, because it's part of who we are. I mean, I always envisioned myself as, you know, a fashion photographer in New York. Like at 18, that's really what I wanted to do. Mom and dad talked me out of it, you know, gave me the starving artist speech and all of that. And uh, said I should get a real job, which I did as a janitor at a newspaper company. Okay. It seemed like the most random thing in the world. I hated it, actually. But what I didn't know, I so I was just doing my thing, you know. And I did, had zero understanding of alignment back then. I didn't know why on earth I was on the planet, much less who I even was as a person. Um, other than the fact that I was a nerd and I love science and math, like that part I knew. Um, and I loved photography. Okay. I knew that too. Loved it. Still do. So I got this job. Um, my great aunt recommended it. I got hired. Um, and my job was to be the janitor of this uh, newspaper company. And I took the papers off the press when they ran the press. And that was it. Um, and then I got the idea to show my photography to the editor in chief. And he gave me an opportunity to start shooting some assignments and then asked me if I wanted to do their darkroom work, which I did. And then they gave me an opportunity to learn how to use the offset cameras, which is what they used to take the negatives for the big plates for the paper, which I did. Later on in life, I went on to work as a commercial photographer using a lot of the skills that I learned at the newspaper. I worked for a news, a uh, commercial printing company. And the position that I got was an offset cameraman, which is what I learned later when I worked at the newspaper. <coughs> After that, I became a graphic designer designing books the company that i worked for and several of its employees all worked at the newspaper that i worked at when i was 19. they went on to leave there and start their own publishing company and so <clears throat> i ended up being in alignment without even knowing i was in alignment because I was just following what I enjoyed. 
other than getting a job as a janitor. But yet even that, I mean, that menial job, and by the way, I was hired when the owner of the company was uh, on vacation, and she told me to my face that whenever, whenever I was hired, if she had been there, she would not have hired me. So call it divine providence, call it whatever you want. But um, that first job of me just getting a job and not fulfilling my dream, quote unquote, ended up fulfilling my dream randomly. And I didn't pursue art directly. You know, I, I mean, I did still keep taking pictures, but one of the things that I've learned and I'm really grateful that I've learned is that everything that's happened, you know, identifying the parts of it that resonate with me that really are part of who I am and continuing in that direction. And that's what I would encourage you to do. Um, you definitely want to take, you know, assess your life and take a look at those things that as you were involved in them, as you were doing them, whether it's the art courses or other courses or whatever, um, what made you happy? What did, what really resonated with you? You know, if you close your eyes and imagine you doing, you know, the perfect thing and just happening to get paid for it, what would that look like? So then the next step, that's step one. The next step is to step back from all of that without judgment. Take a look at the things that have happened in your life that did not give you that feeling. Okay. That did not give you that feeling and where you can very easily point to that and say, I was not in alignment there. You know, it's obvious. And then, um, you know, ponder on the notion of why those things happen. Very often we do certain things in life because we get something out of it, even if it's negative. You know, we need attention or whatever. It could be anything. Um, you know, before, between the time when I, uh, my first wife and I got divorced and Kristen and I got together, I dated a lot of different women. And cared about all of them in some form or another, of course, or I wouldn't have been with them. And for one reason or another, none of them worked out. Okay. Um, and most of them I thought really could have, uh, and for one reason or another, it fizzled. And one of the things that I had to recognize was that I was pursuing happiness based on someone else and what they would bring into my life rather than pursuing happiness based on myself and what I was in life. And that's why I was trying to fill something that only I could fill myself. And the moment that I came to that point where it was like, you know what, I'm enough. You know, I have awesome friends. I have awesome family. Uh, I am complete in and of myself. I don't need a woman to, you know, to make me something more. I don't need that. Um, two weeks after making that decision, Kristen and I started dating. And I, as I've said before, I was really apprehensive. Like, man, I just... Mm. <laughs> 
I just moved past this and now here we are. Uh, is this wrong? Um, turns out it was the best thing I ever did. So, um, so you really have to look at things very non-judgmentally. Okay. It's not about condemning yourself or, um, getting down on yourself. Man, I was so stupid for dating whoever, you know, I learned something from each one of those experiences. Um, and usually we all do. Uh, so you want to look at it very non, non-judgmentally. Uh, it's data. Okay. You're looking for data. And then, um, after that, ex- start exploring what success really looks like for you. Cause I can't define what that is. You know, people will really quickly say, Oh, I want to make a million dollars. Like if I made a million dollars, then I would be successful. Well, you want to know what I was successful before I made a million dollars. I was successful after I made a million dollars. The million dollars had nothing to do with anything. You know, it gives me an opportunity to open retail stores because that's part of what we want to do. But does that mean that if I only made $300,000 in a year that I was not successful by a lot of people's standards, I'd be crazy successful, you know? So it's easy to say, Oh, well, so-and-so makes $20 million a year and I only made $2 million in a year or whatever. So I'm nowhere near as successful as they are. That has nothing to do with anything. Success has to do with what gives you the life you desire. And in some cases that may be 50 grand, you know, because you already own your house. Perhaps you already had, you're basically debt free. I mean, a debt free person on 50 grand a year. Are you kidding? You pretty much do whatever the hell you want. Right? So success is very subjective, but you need to be clearer on what that looks like for you. You know, what does it look like for you? Um, very often we step out of, and this is the last thing I'll say to you, Jess, and this really is for everyone, but the last thing that I'll say, especially from an alignment thing, is that if you're struggling with success, there is an alignment thing. The flow is still there, and you can step into it at any moment. But you do definitely want to assess where you are right now so you know where the stream is. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, if you go up that hill ahead and then kind of turn left at the bottom of the path and then, you know, you'll see the stream. So that's kind of where you are. The flow is there. The plan is there. Um, so in assessing what you weren't in alignment with versus what you are in alignment with, that's just a matter of figuring out where you made the wrong turn, not judging yourself, but just letting it go giving yourself permission to say, you know what? I don't know what the answer is, but I'm going to find it. You know, I'm going to find it. And it could be as simple as, um, you having looked at somebody in your life, maybe somebody you grew up around, could be a family member, I don't know. And you saying, you know what, when I grow up, I do not want to be like that person. I mean, it could be something really simple like that, but yet you take, you took it on as your own, which means you align to them and you don't want to be in alignment with them. Uh, I remember uh, Millionaire Mindset or Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, T. Harbecker, in the beginning of the book, he said, 
something to the effect of you're the sum total of your five closest friends. That's frightful, <laughs> especially if you have shitty friends because <clears throat> they all take you right out of alignment. I don't know why you want to start your own e-com store, you know, probably not going to, you know, do very good with it anyway. I mean, after all, you should get a real job like I have, you know, working 40 hours a week, making $10 an hour. Like that's their experience. That's why I never hang out with people like that, you know, who think like that uh, on a normal basis. I'd much prefer to spend time with and be friends with people that are making 10 or 20 or 50 times what I make. Because whenever you start raising the level of the water, all the ships around you raise. So if you're starting at a real high level, guess what? They are going to raise you up to a higher level too. So that's all I'll say about that. All right. Um, Mark says, did the stream stop flowing because you were not there? Seems like another way to ask the Schrodinger's uh, cat question. It's funny. Um, Chris and I actually had discussion about that um, over the weekend, like applying Schrodinger's cat to alignment. So, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, Mark says, uh, Deepak Chopra wrote a book about Merlin where the gist of his magic was that he decided what he needed to be for the situation or outcome he desired, then acted and believed as if it were already so. And if his analysis was correct, everything fell into place. Very similar concept that I've applied and have been surprised by. Yeah, that really is a great different way of saying the same thing. Exactly. You know, and honestly, that brings up a really good question. And it's one that I um, have asked myself a lot. Um, and it was inspired by, um, I think it was uh, Jack Canfield's Success Principles. I was reading that book. And in the beginning of the book, this is several years ago. Um, in the beginning of the book, there's testimonials. And I was reading some of the testimonials. And the things that they were saying about Jack... I found myself thinking, nobody's saying that kind of stuff about me. I wonder why, you know? I mean, I'm me, but and I'm not Jack, but I'd love to have somebody say something like that about me. <clears throat> and immediately, the thought came into my mind, who do I need to be as a person for somebody to say something like that about me, which is essentially what you just said here. Who do I need to be? You know, and that's a question that I use on a very regular, almost daily basis. What kind of person do I need to be to create a $10 million a year e-com business? Just to use that as an example. Who do I need to become? Because Obviously, I'm not that right now, or I would have a $10 million a year e-com business, right? So who do I need to become to do that? What does that look like? Is that what I'm even supposed to do? You know, so 
really good questions to ask. Uh, Mavis says, thanks for the refresher on alignment. When life knocks us off the path, it's vital to remember to get back on it or to notice that it was the wrong path and then tune in uh, into ourselves to find the right one. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Um, Mavis says also, uh, I've been in a couple of nasty car accidents over the past few years that have really affected me. Lessons to be learned? Maybe. Um, they certainly changed my life. A lot tougher in many ways, a lot simpler in many others. I suspect the lessons are aiming me in the direction of alignment. I'm excited to see what, to see where that direction takes me. And this podcast feels like a signpost. Thanks. You're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, Kathleen says it's called entrainment. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Mavis says we can't be in alignment if we're living in fear or superstition. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Um, and Mark says you're on point with the aura. It has even been photographed and measured comparatively. Right, yep. And uh, Jess says, uh, I definitely learned from you and Kristen more than anyone else. Well, thanks, I really appreciate that. And she's not here, but I'm sure she would as well. <coughs> um, Kathleen says, can you talk about Schrodinger's cat and alignment, please? Um, another time, because uh, we're definitely long on this one, but for sure, I, there's a few things that I'm still kind of thinking through on that. Um, but it is something that's been churning. So maybe another show, we'll talk about that one. And, uh, let's see, Mark says, so if I was to sum up my takeaway, self-examination and asking the right questions is a start. Throwing out preconceptions and bias and existing in the right now so you can raise your awareness of what your flow actually is, then you can take action and advantage. Yeah, I would say that's a good summary for sure. Yeah, throwing out your preconceptions and bias can be really challenging because in many cases we've grown up with them they've been with us our entire lives and so seeing beyond those filters can be challenging but not impossible okay and then um, living in the moment is a real um, uh, important phrase that he included as well that was something that i was never very good at until six years ago maybe um, and it was actually a daily photo series that i did that helped knock me back into living in the moment because very often it's you know it's easy to live in the past what happened to us or it's easy to live in the future of what we wish life was going to be like but in both of those positions we are actually out of alignment because we don't live there we live in the moment we live now and so if your mind is always in the past or always in the future guess what 
that's the first place to start to come into alignment. You have to live in the moment now. Be happy now. You know, you probably heard that before. Um, Kathy says, I too learn the most from you and Kristen. And I so appreciate your honesty and I feel I'm not being fed a bunch of misleadings. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, and Mark says, I believe that if you asked for testimony like Jack does, you would be surprised with what you would get back. Well, you know, funny thing about that is that I've since received testimonials like that, that were unsolicited or anything like that, you know, and um, it really served as a reminder of the fact that I became the person I needed to be for for that part of it anyway so that's all that i have folks thank you all very much um i will uh do my best to have the recording for this up sooner than later i've been a bit delayed with some of them um but anyway thank you so much for joining me here today um i really appreciate it it's a heck of a lot better than just talking to myself <laughs> that's for sure so I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week and uh, we will reconvene here next, <clears throat> excuse me, next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern.